0: This is Ivadian X, and this is The Candid Frame. This episode of The Candid Frame is brought to you by Squarespace, the beautiful and intuitive website publishing platform that allows anyone to easily create professional web pages, blogs, online stores, and galleries on a single platform. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code. Candid Frame 6. Today's digital cameras have allowed photographers to become more consistent. More consistent in terms of exposure and in terms of focus. So in, in, in many ways, we're able to make better pictures. But that doesn't necessarily make you a photographer. A lot of people will argue that now because of, of the way that cameras are designed, now that anybody can become a photographer, and that's not altogether true. Yeah, we can make better looking photographs, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the photographs that we make are really expressing anything exceptional, unique, and more importantly, personal. And when I'm looking for photographers to interview for the show, I'm always looking for a photographer who's saying something with a camera that, that not everyone else is doing. And today's guest, Anu Palakunathu Matthew, is a photographer who I think is expressing something very personal and unique with her camera. Like other guests I've had on the show, she's exploring issues of class, of race, of identity. And the way she's exploring the photographic process as well as Exploring these ideas is something that I thought was really fascinating and made me want to include her as a, a guest on the show. And as we get close to episode 200, I'm really looking for photographers who I feel like are, are taking the technology, both new and old, and are looking to find some ways of saying something that only they could express with a camera. There, there's so much made about the technology and all the potential that software like Lightroom and Photoshop and so on and so forth, the, and you know, all these things do for us as photographers. But in the end, it really is about the photograph. What are you able to say with that image, with that print that no one else is able to say? And I'm hoping that of all the interviews that we've had on the show that you've heard at least one or two that have helped to inspire you to think about just that question. What can you say with a camera that no one else out there is capable of saying it except you? And I hope that the the interviews that uh, that I've done on the show in the past and today and in the future really help you to really consider that. But enough of that. Sit back and enjoy our conversation with Anu Palukunathu Matthew. Yeah. But I was really pleased to to discover your work. I, I, I'm I'm more of a street photographer, uh-huh. and so so my, my interest is more in, ter- in terms of street photography, and the different mediums and the different ways that you you, you were using photography. I was really fascinated by. Oh, well, thank you. Um, and particularly on, on the whole topic of of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's really sort of piqued my interest as well because I'm I'm the son of immigrants as well, and so so many of the issues that you've talked about in in the video that I saw and and elsewhere um, really kind of spoke to me. So um, that that may be a, a big part of what we talk about, but I'm sure we'll cover a lot of material uh, okay. as well.
1: And where were your parents originally from?
0: Parents were both born in the Dominican Republic.
1: Okay. Okay. The immig-
0: Immigrated separately to the United States in the late '50s. And uh-huh. I was born in New York in '65, and then we, rather than I was raised out here in Los Angeles.
1: Okay, okay.
0: But you know, let's start uh, with your experience. I mean, you've we've lived in three different countries, but you were born in India.
1: Oh, no, I was actually born in England, and yeah, and I spent ten years of my life there before coming to India. And so India was from ten to twenty eight years old, and then I moved to the u s
0: Oh wow it seems like each each move came sort of a sort of a pivotal time for you
1: It did um, obviously, the first move was my parents' choice. They wanted my brother and I to grow up with uh, Indian culture and values and um, which was the primary reason we they decided to move back and then um and then I chose to come here to study photography um in my late 20s.
0: So when you were when you were 10 years old that must have been uh a, a, was it was it a shock I mean, cuz I know there's a there's a large Indian community in 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 England but moving to India how at 10 years old that's such a formative time for 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 anyone. So
1: Well, yeah. Um uh, well actually We lived in a very small town in England where we were the only Indians. Um, So I didn't really have an Indian community in England, but every other year we would go to India to visit our family. So I was quite familiar with a lot of, you know, the family. Um, And then my parents promised us an elephant, which of course never happened, but uh, we kind of really look forward to going back. And I mean, on certain aspects were... I wouldn't say a culture shock, but they were just different. And I think it made me much more aware about, uh, for example, the way women are treated differently in each of the cultures because of my exposure in England. Um, On the other hand, my father died soon after we came back to India. And, you know, having the family so close and available, um, I think made that process very different than if it had happened when we were in England.
0: Did, did you find that when you went to India, even though both your parents were from there, then that started being a, a time where you began to question your own identity? Because I, I know for for me, growing up in Los Angeles, there weren't a lot of Dominicans out here. So people would see me and assume that I'm African-American until they would hear me speak Spanish or they would wonder about my name. And at that point, it's, I, I found that it was a constant um sort of explanation of who i was that that i that i had to do and it was and it was something i was always questioning about myself in terms of who and what am i um throughout throughout that throughout that especially around that time and probably throughout a good portion of my life did you experience something similar when you returned to, to india in terms of how you saw yourself and how others saw you
1: um I mean I think um I don't think I ever completely belonged uh, to India even though I identify strongly with the culture but there's a part of me that is uh, different um but I think but I also think that's becoming I mean you know 20 years ago that was was more unusual but I think that's becoming more common now as families are moving more transnationally and for example, I would say in India now, there's a lot more pe- people of Indian origin who've come back to India uh, with their young children. So it's, it's less unusual now, but in those days it was uh, unusual. And I'm not sure I questioned my identity. I just, I just knew I didn't completely fit.
0: Hmm. Cause your work, a lot of your work revolves around that, 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 that concept and, and that idea. When, when you started Exploring what you wanted to say with your photography was it fairly obvious to you that that was an area that you you wanted to explore and, and express in in photographs or did that sort of come around come about sort of a roundabout way
1: I wish it, I wish it was easy or it was obvious, but I think uh, you know the process of creating work you at least I really struggle until it becomes clear as to the, um, I guess, the way that I want to convey the message because my different portfolios use different techniques to communicate the ideas that I want to communicate. And um, I it wasn't easy. I initially thought I wanted to be a documentary photojournalist, uh, but found, you know, by uh, I assisted a photojournalist and quickly found that I didn't have the personality um, to be one, but uh, it enabled me to find ways to talk about the issues that were in, uh, that I was interested in, but in a way that I was more comfortable and I think the first body of work that actually starts started to do that was um Bollywood satirized, where it talks about my experience growing up as a woman in India um, and but I use movie posters and satire Indian movie posters which are very melodramatic and stereotypical, mm-hmm. and I use them as satire to talk about uh, um, I guess the inequalities and some of my experiences.
0: So, so tell me how, how those, because I'm I'm familiar with some of the, those movie posters, and I've seen um, a handful of, of, of films from there. And as you said, they're very melodramatic, but how, what, what were you seeing in those, in those, in those visuals of, of Indian women that's, stood in contrast to what your real world experience was and how, how did you putting yourself in those images in some form help you sort of strike a a different tone or bring a different perspective to what, what people were saying?
1: Well, I think uh, um, an obvious one is um, about the fact that most of the actresses look as if they could be Caucasian or white. Um, And in India, there's a whole spectrum of color. And the irony is that when I grew up in England, I wasn't at all self-conscious about my skin color. But once I came to India, you know, I was told not to go out in the sun, get any darker, because it'd be more difficult to get married. Um, A lot of women in India use a lotion called Fair and Lovely uh, to be able to uh, become fairer. And so one of the posters is about... That experience where it uses self portraits of myself interspersed with um, you know pictures of these movie actresses and you know questioning the fact about uh, you know why do we aspire to try to be so fair rather than just accepting our skin color
0: did you did you find that you were sort of dealing with two different concepts of beauty i mean even though you came to that country at, at 10 years old you still had an opportunity to be influenced by you know the, the 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 standards of beauty in in sort of the western world and then you're getting in india where it was no doubt influenced by that but still you know takes on its own particular flavor did you find yourself sort of ping-ponging between the two or did was just the fact that you were in that immediate culture from ten on sort of dominate your own perceptions in terms of um, what is considered beautiful and what's considered not.
1: Um, I think it was influenced by the first ten years growing up, where there were different definitions of what was beautiful, and you know it could be from a you know from different perspectives whether you were white, brown, black. Whatever, whereas coming to India, it seemed to be more of a, a prescribed uh, sense of beauty or definition of beauty.
0: Well, some of the other work that I saw of yours was the series where you took pictures of Native Americans uh-huh. and you used them as sort of the a, a foundation for images in which you recreated the the look of these these photographs in. Uh, using traditional photographic media as well as, as well as, as Photoshop to sort of recreate those, using your own interpretation. Tell us about that that work and what what really drew you to those. What sort of things were you seeing sort of linked those images that were made, you know, maybe over a hundred years ago or or, or more in on, on, in some situations, and how you were seeing issues of race, identity, and, and culture today.
1: Well, uh, the project started by this question that I would often be asked. um, Because I have an accent that's a mix of British, Indian, and slightly American, people can't always pinpoint where I'm from. And if I say Rhode Island, of course, they never believe me. So I often would have to... I mean, when I say an Indian, they would often think I was a Native American because Christopher Columbus got lost looking for India and found America instead. And I found it kind of funny, but also once I started looking at the history of the Native Americans, which I wasn't as aware of when I came from India, I became really um, you know, interested in their, I guess, their different, uh, the history that they went through and you know, how that narrative um, isn't often read about, but also between the parallels of the history of photography in the u.s of the native americans and of the colonial photography by the british of india and so i draw on some of those parallels but also about um you know the stereotyping of people who are not part of the majority
0: yeah the, the, I'm, I'm more familiar with the images that were made of native americans um were they were they very similar to the images that were produced by in you know, by the by, the dominant white culture, in terms of the images that were being made of the native inhabitants in India, as compared to the United States, in terms of the images that you were seeing, or was there some sort of difference that you were able to pick up on?
1: I think the pictures that were taken of the Native Americans are much more romantic. Um, uh, the ones that were done in India, for example, for a book called Tribes of India, was really made to try and Categorize people and put them into different uh, uh, tribes, and you know, define them based on head size, nose size, etc. But one of the similarities I would say is, um, like sometimes if there were photographs taken, the photographer would choose to photograph a person when they were in more exotic dress versus dress that they would wear uh, maybe on a daily basis. And there's an example of this in a book by Christopher Pinney called Camera Indica, where he talks about some of these examples. And so that that was a similarity with what, uh, for example, photographers like Edward Curtis did with Native Americans, where he would make sometimes make them wear a dress that wasn't necessarily native to their uh, tribe, but made them look more um, exotic. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you started taking these images, you um, for people who have not seen the photographs yet, um, you actually take on some similarities in terms of costuming and then you actually sort of blend in um, the photograph of, of yourself into the very background of the original image or, or something along those lines. What what gave you the idea to, to blend it in that particular way and what do you feel that that provided you in terms of what you were doing as opposed to creating something from from whole cloth and simply using those images as a point of inspiration?
1: Well, I felt if I um, try to recreate the backgrounds, it's never gonna be uh, perfect. And you I mean, the viewer would be really trying to compare the two and try to see where the differences were. Um, what gave me the idea was uh, the picture of the Native American mother and child. The curve of the armchair in that picture is similar to a chair that I have at home. And that's what gave me the idea to do the diptychs. And um, I find, I think by using you know, Photoshop and trying to make the technique as seamless as possible, the backgrounds become just basically the same picture and you really are looking at um, the portraits and also the text and how they um, connect to each other. Or, or, I mean, I wouldn't say connect to each other, but are trying to make you rethink your notions uh, or assumptions.
0: And when when you started producing these images and you, and you started looking at them yourself as a as a as, as a body of work was there something that you were that you began to pick up on that may have not been you know on your radar initially when you started looking at stuff collectively was there was there something that you just started started um that started resonating with you because I, sometimes i know when i'm in the midst of creating a body of work i may not able to Pick up on every single nuance, but then as I go back and I edit and I edit the images and I start looking at them collectively, I start experiencing different revelations. Was did you experience anything like that at all?
1: Um, I mean, I can't think of a specific revelation, but I had created the first portfolio, which was I think twelve images, and I thought I was done. But then after seeing that collective work together, it started giving me other ideas, and I. Um, found other pictures that kind of relate to I guess the direction of the work, where the work is going now, which is about, um, for example, the Native American Cornel Parker who was both part Caucasian, part Native American and about the fact he was able to um, inhabit both cultures very seamlessly and that related to my experience of, you know, being able to go between India, England and America and take on the nuances of each culture when I visit them. And so some of those things came out in the second portfolio, which was not um, some of the initial motivation for doing the work, and I think expanded the kind of uh, ideas that uh, the work started from. Yeah.
0: You've been doing a series where, which you call, um, um, was it, I'm sorry, virtual yeah, virtual
1: immigrant. Yeah, the
0: virtual immigrant. Excuse me. Yeah, uh-huh. and that's really kind of fascinating because you were doing these portraits of uh, Indians who worked, uh, I guess, in call centers in India. Uh huh. Um, and, and and it and I, what I was what I found interesting was this whole idea uh, that you had in terms of being able to play around with people's assumptions and perceptions of people. Even though they're sort of these bodiless people uh, over the phone, you're able to sort of play with different visuals in terms of their, their dress and their garb. And and if you can describe that process in which you create two images that are sort of overlaid in a particular way and depending on the angle, you'll see them adorned in a, in a different way. Could you could you describe it and the whole uh, idea behind that that, that particular series?
1: Well that series started um from the when i became a us citizen i was given you know a, a handbook and in, in it i think on the first paragraph it says you're no longer a hyphenated american uh now you're you know you're basically an american and i felt as if i don't you know just because i'm becoming american it doesn't mean i can just suddenly give up my indianness or my cultural background and i thought it was ironic that the call center workers um, could be American for a workday, but at the end of the workday, they could go home and be Indian. And so that's how I got the idea for the project. And it was really, again, when I started it, I didn't have the idea for using, um, it's called the lenticular technique. But what I found when I interviewed the people and then photographed them is that um, as soon as I picked up the camera, they would always stand in the same pose. And I would... What I would do is ask them to wear clothes that they would wear to work, which was more or less Western, and uh, clothes I would wear for a traditional Indian function, like a wedding. And that tended to be more Indian. And then I would photograph them in both sets of clothes, and I found that they would always basically stand in the same pose. And that's how I got the idea of doing the lenticular prints, where a software splices the two photographs into strips and reassembles it. Um, makes it, you make a print of that, and then you put a lens on top. So from one angle, you see one image, and from the other angle, you see the other image. And I like the kind of metaphor that the viewer has to physically move back and forth um, to see these uh, call center workers who kind of move from being American to being Indian every you know, eight to 10 hours during their workday. And there's also a 10-minute audio that plays while you're looking at these pieces, talking about their experiences and, again, about some of the, um, some of the wrong assumptions that are made about, uh, about them, but also about some of the difficulties that they uh, struggle with, both in terms of identity, but also in terms of the kind of work that they're doing, that they have to become this American that they don't necessarily uh, are always comfortable with.
0: And now I'd like to take the time to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Now, if you're like me, you take a lot of joy from going out with your camera, walking out in the street or going on vacation and making some wonderful photographs. But the process of being a photographer isn't complete until you have the opportunity to share your images and yes I know there's sites like Flickr and Facebook and Google Plus and Twitter that allow you to put out your images but you don't have the experience of really showcasing your work at its best until you actually have a website and Squarespace is making it so easy for you to do just that since I've had my website I really I've wondered why I waited so long to get to get it done, and I know exactly why it took me so long, because I was so daunted by the idea of having to learn all this HTML coding, or, or even with WordPress, all the work that was involved in just getting the fundamentals of designing and maintaining a website down. But with Squarespace, it's really drag-and-drop simplicity. And these templates that they have, like Ishimoto, Front Row, and Momentum, really allow you to display your images to their best effect and particularly front room momentum with horizontal images allow you to take full advantage of that real estate that you have on your desktop or your phone or your tablet or whatever device you're looking at your photographs. But find out for yourself how good your pictures can look on a Squarespace website and to do that it doesn't cost you a thing. Just Go and sign up for a free account. No credit card is needed. Just try it out and start building your website today. Then if you decide to purchase it, use the offer code CANDIDFRAME6 and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, including monthly and annual plans. And if you're a photographer who has taken advantage of this offer, send me a link. Let me take a look at what you've done with your website and I'll be glad to share that with some of our listeners here on the Candid Frame. So go and check it out. And go to squarespace.com and use the offer code Frame 6 Everything you need to create an exceptional website. You said something interested in the video about sometimes feeling that these these people are more American than than you. What what did, exactly did you mean by that?
1: Well, I was at a. Um, at a party in Bangalore and I met this person who, you know, I was, for some reason I thought he was from San Francisco, his mannerisms, the way he dressed, his accent, and he, I found out afterwards he was a call center worker and I just felt that he seemed more comfortable in his Americanness than I necessarily am. And I don't know, maybe that's also a generational thing that, uh, you know, the younger generations also seen a lot more TV and American programs that—that that is not as uh, different for them anymore. I mean, if you go to India now, a lot of people are adopting some of those uh, accents and attitudes. And whereas, you know, I guess because of the age that I came here, and uh, it's not something I was as comfortable uh, doing. I don't know if that makes sense. No, but no,
0: no. Have you found that, you know, using the camera to explore all these issues of identity and have allowed you not not so much to feel comfortable with it. That's not really the, the, the word that I'm looking for, but you get to enjoy a certain level of control that mm-hmm. sort of eludes a lot of people who oftentimes are contending with the very same issue because as a photographer you're creating a piece of art in which you get to completely control the what you want to say about not just only the other people you photograph even if it's yourself but you're able to say lay claim to to the whole dialogue in 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 a way and i'm wondering how that sort of has helped you or influenced the way that you look at it and 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 sort of embrace that, that aspect of you, even, even though you sometimes may still struggle with, you know, what you lay claim to in terms of your own identity as, as an American, as an Indian, as a, as an immigrant.
1: I think it's definitely influenced my outlook. Um, you know, on one hand I could have the, um, could have the, um, you know, wanting to find home or find this place which is home and maybe never be satisfied because I belong to all three cultures. I think now I see it more as a celebration of being able to belong to three cultures. I think it enriches my life, my perspective, the way I look at things. Um, so for me, I don't see it as a, a negative. I see it as something that, is, um, that makes me a better person, frankly.
0: What what's the reaction to to the work because you're you're like you said you're you're covering a diversity of, of of different different communities in in certain respects what what are sort of some of the surprising reactions to your work um, here in India or anywhere else where your work has been exhibited or, or shown that you weren't weren't expecting and that may have surprised you.
1: Um. Well, um, one of the the things was, um, I I guess I wasn't, I was slightly surprised at how well the Indian from India was received in India. Uh, Because of, you know, this huge slant on the Native American photography, I thought that maybe people wouldn't necessarily appreciate it the same way. But they really, really got it and really understood what I was trying to do, which was a real pleasant surprise. Um, on the other hand, the uh, Bollywood work hasn't been as well um, received, I would say, by, mainly by an in- Indian audience, uh, because it is a little more negative about the culture. And um, sometimes some of those reactions have surprised me. Um one reaction that did surprise me, pleasantly surprised me, was when the Bollywood work was shown in London. Because there is a larger South Asian uh, population there, there's also much more of an awareness of the culture. And so I felt as if I didn't have to explain the work as much as I do in the United States. And so that was a, a pleasant change.
0: Tell me about getting your work out there. Um, I've interviewed... Um, some fine art photographers, and and I haven't really touched on the topic too much, but it's obviously an important aspect of 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 the process in terms of not just creating the work, but finding an audience for it and finding a market for it. Tell us about what you've found have 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 found that really works for you, in terms of being able to 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 dialogue. Is it, it a lot of sort of Uh, face-to-face networking are you using a lot of social networking what's what's the sort of dynamic that you found has really worked for you in terms of you being able to to get your work out to an audience
1: well first of all I came to this country not knowing anyone especially in photography so i I found a very supportive photography community um the photojournalist that I went to assist ended up being becoming my husband and uh, he put me in touch with a number of people who have been real mentors to me in terms of giving me feedback. One of them, uh, is, her name is Nancy Brokow, who also happens to be a writer on photography. At that time, she hadn't written anything, but one of the first pieces she wrote was about um, my my graduate show that I had. And so that really also helped, um, you know, in terms of giving my work some visibility Another place that I've found I was able to meet people and create long, more long-term relationships was doing portfolio reviews. Um, in photography, there's reviews like PhotoFest and PhotoLucida, which are a great way to meet uh, curators and um, uh, gallery you know, people to show them your work. Nothing may happen right away, but in, you develop a relationship and in the long run, something may actually happen. I think by also applying for grants... I may not always get the grant, but um, there's a jury of people who see the work, and that's another way that they can see that you're also serious about the work and that you're you know, continuing to create new work.
0: You know, one of, speaking of grants, one of the important part of those things is being able to, to write well.
1: Oh, you're of, absolutely right, <laughs> yeah.
0: In terms of grammar, but just being able to verbalize you know, both in verbally and on paper what uh-huh. your work is is about because though a lot of people would like their work to speak for themselves when it comes to applying for for grants or getting exhibits or in any of those things you really have to put pen to the paper so there's that's a learning curve onto itself i think it's a little more daunting than learning photoshop to be quite frank but can you speak to your development in terms of being able to to do just that so that you're able to to succeed in terms of um you know, spreading the word on your work?
1: Well, I think uh, my husband and I are both ruthless critics of each other's um, grant proposals and editing of portfolios. And so I think it's about finding someone who you trust and are willing to, uh, you know, sometimes listen to negative criticism to be able to kind of fine-tune and um, distill the work and the statement into the essence of what you want to say. So one of the things I used to do earlier on is um, – because sometimes you like images because of something that happened that connected to taking that picture rather than the picture itself. Mm. So I would make a whole lot of small test prints and put them up on my bedroom wall. So they're the first thing I see every morning. And, by, and you know, in about 10 days' time, you, you can immediately see the ones that don't work as well. And you can take them down and then you know, you're left with a set of really strong images. I found that really helped me a lot. Uh, One other thing I wanted to add connected to your earlier question um, in terms of, you know, marketing my work and fitting in, uh, one of the problems about being an artist outside of, I think the majority is that uh, we also tend to get uh, pigeonholed in terms of the kinds of galleries that will show our work, especially commercial galleries. And I found that to be, um, uh, I guess, problematic. I mean, I, I would hope that the work speaks on a more universal level, but I deal with, say, Indian imagery or Indian um, popular cultural imagery because that's something that I grew up with and I'm familiar with. Uh, But then the kind of, I guess, collectors who buy that kind of work tend to be from the same ethnicity versus a larger audience. And I think a lot of minority uh, artists speak about the same thing.
0: Yeah, so so finding finding the right home for your work is is becomes even more important then because you know you don't want to get pigeonholed into just into one sort of particular niche because you want as wide an audience as possible but so what's involved in you in you determining who you're going to reach out to because you only have a finite number of hours in the day yeah. and, you, and you can't just send out the stuff blanket-wise so you know, so how do you sort of find find those people who you think will respond to the work? Where are you were you looking to to find them? Because I mean the the reality is that the the market is a worldwide market now. So it's not just something that may be in your immediate backyard anymore. So you know, what what do you use for resources in order to be able to find the potential for 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 good places for your work?
1: Um, Actually, I just was interviewed for um, a blog post about how to find a gallery. It's through the Photographic Resource Center in Boston. So I talk about some of these things. But um, I think one of the things is, like I was mentioning earlier, creating these long-term relationships. Uh, For example, the gallery that I have in India, the owner is a big uh, photography collector and, you know, every year when I go back to India, I go and meet him and show him my work. And about five years ago, he decided to start this photography gallery. And because of that relationship and also the trust that had kind of developed between the two of us, um, I, you know, had, I signed on to join his gallery and, um, and I guess continued that relationship. And the same thing happened with my gallery in New York. The director is someone who, um, I guess I started seeing my work in different reviews or exhibition listings, and then we happened to meet and started a relationship, and then I ultimately joined her gallery. And she's someone that I, I guess, trust implicitly in terms of a lot of the decisions uh, about, you know, for example, which shows to be involved with and which shows maybe not to be involved with.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you, you also teach photography. And- mm mm-hmm what what insights have you gained as a instructor as a, as a professor to be able to help you in your in the pursuit of your your own work have there have been some have there been some important takeaways as a result of being able to to serve other people in their development as photographers
1: um I find it really inspiring especially the beginning photographers when they're just experimenting and um, discovering things. Uh, one of actually the um, Indian from India, another, I guess, trigger that started the project was one of my students asked me, Why are these Native Americans protesting on Columbus Day? And at that moment, I didn't have anything to say and I was kicking myself afterwards. And I think it was, again, one of the reasons I looked more into the history of the native americans was interested in talking about kind of almost joining hands with them to talk about both our past and our histories cuz I should have spoken up to that student but I didn't and I think that also you know has influenced like different interactions with students really influences my work
0: hmm. and what I really like about your work is that you're 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 blending all these different sort of techniques you're using traditional Photographic techniques—you're using Photoshop, you're playing with, you know, images made today, and as well as with images, you know, made made a long time ago. And I love that 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 embracing of all all the different facets of the photographic process. And I, I think it really is a really uh, makes your work stand out. Just not only in terms of just the visual beauty of the, 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 the images, but just 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 some of the ideas that that gives rise to as a result.
1: Well, thank you. And, I mean, part of my reason of using some of these archival images is also to make the work more accessible because most people have seen, say, for example, snapshots in their family albums, and so they don't think the work is necessarily as intimidating. Um, and to start from kind of those kind of sources, or, for example, the Bollywood posters, and the images of Native Americans, which are, you know, more commonly seen, I would say, in the United States. Um, so it was also a way to make them more accessible. But also, um, I, before I got into photography, I have a background in, uh, I guess, computers and in computers, basically. And so what I thought was a useless career, past career, has come in really useful for me to be able to pick up any kind of technology that I want to learn or figure out. So, um, for example, the lenticular prints, I knew nothing about it until I remembered those, we call them winky images of the woman winking at, when you see the image at one angle. But it's very, it was very easy for me to figure out some of these technical aspects because of my background.
0: Yeah, it's. I think you're you're a wonderful example of someone whose work is is rooted in something very very personal, mm-hmm. and, and that that ends up resulting in you using the technology, using the medium in a way that communicates in a way that's very universal. And I think a lot of people when they're searching in terms of things of you know what to photograph or or, or what areas to explore with their camera. Uh, they often just get lost in the in the huge wealth of imagery that 's out there and I, I I love seeing photographers like you that really just sort of tap into something very intimate and end up re- producing work that is very unique but also is connects connects everyone in in, in some way or another even if they don 't have the same exact life experience of, of the photographer who created the work.
1: Well, thank you. That's one of my, uh, my goals, I guess. One of the things I hope that the work does, so it's really nice to hear that.
0: Well, my last question that I ask each guest is that I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore on their own. And it can be anyone. It can be someone you've long admired or someone you recently discovered. So who would that one photographer be and why?
1: Um well I think um I, I guess the exa- the person I would mention is um uh, I mean he happens to be my husband but what I find interesting is that we photograph side by side um for a lot of the work that's done in India for example and but then each of us has such a very different take or approach to photography that it relates to, be related to uh, John Sarkowski's exhibition that he had at MoMA called Mirrors and Windows, where I photograph things that more reflect my experiences and are connected to, I guess, who I am, whereas he photographs things almost like a window into another culture or a subculture. And, um, and so I, I find that really interesting, but also obviously really, um, You know, admire his work, especially this recent work that he's been doing called Foreclosed Dreams, which is the insides of houses before they've been cleaned out um, after they've been foreclosed upon. And what people uh, kind of leave in their houses before they have to leave, which is kind of heartbreaking. In one case, it's a half eaten sandwich. In another case, it's a book about, uh, you know, how to get out of bankruptcy. It's uh, so I've um, so I guess that would be who I would suggest. I don't, I'm not sure if I mentioned his name.
0: His name is David H.
1: Wells.
0: Oh, okay. And uh, I didn't realize I didn't realize you were married to David.
1: Oh, okay. How do you know
0: him? <laughs> I I've just been following his work for several years now. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah. Because uh, I was looking, I was listening. To you describe that. I go. I know that work. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny: <laughs> Yeah that's a, great, that's a great series, and we'll, we'll include a link to, to David's uh, uh, website. And, and now that I have, have an in um, yeah.
1: I'll have to ask so I hope him that isn't to too incestuous, too, but <laughs> I really think it's a you know, like you were saying, people really wonder what to photograph, and I think you've got to find a voice that you're comfortable with. And I I can't do what he does and he can't do what I do, but we all say something, both say something through our work. And I find that really, I don't know, inspiring.
0: That's great. Well, where can people go to find out uh, about you and your work?
1: Well, My website is www.anumatthew.com. It's Anu, A-N-N-U, M-A-T-T-H-E-W.com.
0: Anu, thank you so much for appearing on the show. It was a pleasure to have you.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate
0: it. As we continue to grow the show and expand our offerings here at the Candid Frame, your support is invaluable. And you can show that support in a variety of different ways. You can make small donations using PayPal. A link for that you'll find at the CandidFrame.com website, where donations of $5, $10, $20, or even more are greatly appreciated and go a long way helping us improve the show you can also post reviews on the itunes web store which help our rankings and create more awareness about the great program that we offer here the show's editor is martin taylor who you can find at the other music is provided by kevin mcleod whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com till next time this is ibarrianax parello and this is the candor frame